0: Throughout this episode, we've been talking about you know the guilt and the shame and how these all go together, <sighs> but understanding this and believing it, it's crucial for forgiving yourself at your core. I'm Amy. And I'm Abby. And as women, we are constantly comparing ourselves to others. But your life isn't supposed to look like hers. Being your best self means standing firm in your decisions
1: and always being willing to grow with a purpose. We get vulnerable and real with an honest look into the challenges and triumphs we all face. Every woman listening gets the opportunity to choose what life looks like for herself. Today, we're going to tackle a big subject, one that can have a very big impact on our lives, especially if we don't understand it. A lot of times, we find that we're moving through life so fast that we don't slow down and assess and understand our own feelings.
0: Yeah, and as you know, we're reading Brene Brown's Atlas of the Heart with our Patreon book club. So in this book, Brene really helps to define What that human experience is for us. And it's laid out in the chapters. So there are similar groups of experiences, similar groups of emotions all pulled together. And you can really start to understand the differences between two words that you may be using interchangeably. I know, for instance, going through it, I've been using words wrong (laughs) for much of my life. Today, we're going to dive into chapter eight and how it talks about shame, self compassion, perfectionism, guilt, humiliation, and embarrassment. You guys, this was my favorite chapter in the entire book. The Patreon community knows that because I wrote it right away when discussing this chapter that these are the emotions that I personally feel every one of us has. And they have been big parts of my life. And we're going to go into the details on these because a big part of these emotions is the secrecy behind it. It's the fact that we're not bringing them up and people think that they're struggling alone. So in this episode, we're going to talk specifically about shame and guilt and guilt while also touching on perfectionism. Why? Because these feelings plague not only motherhood, but other extremely important parts of our life as well. So let's start with the way that Brene defines guilt versus shame. Guilt is, I am a good mom, but I wish I wouldn't have yelled tonight. Where shame is, I am a bad mom because I yelled. So this might sound like a subtle difference, but I promise you it's definitely not.
1: Yeah, I think the difference is actually pretty enormous. And what Abby and I have witnessed firsthand being the hosts of this podcast is that women struggle with guilt, and it even sometimes tips into shame. So let's talk about it and talk about why it isn't talked about. There are so many places that we can feel guilt and shame around. A really hard part about shame is that it thrives in secrecy and in silence, We feel like we can't talk about it because we're living in shame. We feel like we're the only ones that are going through what we're going through, and we're not talking to anyone about it because of the shame we feel around it. But what Abby and I have learned is that we're never, ever the only ones. Here's how bad it gets in the motherhood sphere. I can post something on my Instagram as simple as, I lost it tonight. I'm telling my followers that I raised my voice at my children and the messages pour in. So many women say, thank you so much for posting this. The same thing happened to me. It honestly feels like they have never seen or heard of one other mom yelling at their children before. Now, to be clear, there's times where I do experience guilt around this subject, but I don't tip into shame. I think I'm a good mom, but I wish that I wouldn't have raised my voice. Like I said, I don't go into shaming myself. I don't think I'm a bad mom if I raise my voice. I am fully aware that there are no perfect moms, meaning that I'm not going to compare myself to a mythological mother that I know does not exist. But I think what Instagram is doing to us is that Women truly believe that other moms don't do, you know, hard things because they're only showing their best foot. They're only showing what they're really good at. Right before we started recording this episode, we started to talk about screen time and how for some women, that's their badge of honor that they don't give their kids screen time. That is totally fine. But I am telling you, there's something that she struggles with, and she's not as loud about whatever her struggle is as she is about her badge of honor screen time. What's also really interesting is sometimes when we hang our hat so hard on something, that thing could actually probably help us a little bit. So it's fine if you don't believe in screen time, but if you're never getting a moment to yourself, because that is your badge of honor then chances of you like yelling or not feeling well, whatever it is, the chances of you acting in a way that's out of alignment because you never have a minute to yourself are higher. So I just like to always when I'm on Instagram, A, people have their best foot forward. B, there's no reason to think that someone's perfect because as humans, we all know that just isn't true. So, I wanted to bring forth an example of something that I did feel shameful about just so that we can have a better context. I experienced mom rage, and this was truly out of my normal character. So looking back, it was toward the beginning of the pandemic, we had three little boys to take care of, and they were just in a challenging season. Drew and I had way less help than normal, and there was a time where we weren't even seeing our families. I wasn't getting the help that I needed, and a lot of times that is when mom rage shows up. It's when the mom isn't getting something that she needs. I wasn't getting time for myself. I wasn't getting to be a person outside of our household. Like I really had very little social interaction. We had a very small bubble. Again, this is like two years ago, a long time ago. But what happened is this manifested in me yelling, but it was way more of like a rage feeling than my normal like yelling if something's dangerous or if I feel like I need to be really firm. So this tipped into something where it was like, anger and rage that was bubbling just below the surface. And sometimes it would spill out. And it was like, not that a child ever deserves to be yelled at, but I would like snap and be like, oh my gosh, really, that was uncalled for. It was not who I am, how I want to mother. And that's why I felt so much shame around it. It was really out of alignment with who I am and how I try to mother. Guess what happened when I finally shared about my mom rage that I was experiencing? I was flooded with women that were experiencing the same thing. It was the thing that I had felt the most shame around when it came to anything in motherhood. And I couldn't even bring myself to share about it until I was like on the road to recovery. Like I was seeing my therapist at the time. I was making sure to take more time to myself. It was like an open wound that I was not going to share about when I was first going through it. And I'm telling you, I felt very shameful about it. I had to start to get headed down the right path before I could open up about it. And even when I did, I remember like my heart rate going up when I was about to post on Instagram. It was actually to our herself account. I remember posting about it. And just the messages that poured in, they make total sense to me, right? Because, like, women are so suppressed during the pandemic. Like, it was even worse than normal. We know that moms were just so burnt out and experiencing things that they. You know, didn't feel in alignment for them either. So it makes perfect sense. But it was another huge reminder of whatever we are trying to hide because we feel shameful about it. There's other people in this world, I can guarantee it that are going through the exact same thing. And Abby and I running this podcast, having 1000s and 1000s of women, a part of this community, we can tell you that there are people going through whatever you're going through.
0: And maybe you're in one of those seasons right now, like you're feeling the mom rage building up right now. You're feeling yourself not acting in alignment with who you are. And we want to say that it's okay. Mm -hmm. Like it's okay. The awareness of it is the first step of being like, this is not who I am. This is a part of me that I would like to change. I am feeling shame about this. But what is my next step? So just as Amy said, sometimes it's hard when you're in it to be like, okay, guys, here I am. Here's my skeleton in the closet, that's hard because these pieces breed on that secrecy part of it. Guilt and shame love secrecy. But by pushing those down and by being able to actually open up about these pieces of it, that's why we're doing this in front of thousands of women.
1: Well, yeah. And it's like, if you look at it from a place of empathy and you're like, wow, I tear up when I think back to that time because I was having such a hard time. Like I remember talking to my mother-in-law about just how hard motherhood was at that time. It was the most challenging time I think I've ever had. And so when you like talk to yourself like that and you're like, wow, you are having such a hard time right now. Like, this is not who you are. You're not always going to be this way, but your like mind and your body are screaming for help. And it's just coming out in a way that it just makes you feel really bad. And that's why it's a really hard cycle because to get out of it, you truly have to make a change and, you know, get yourself some more help. You know, that's as simple or as hard as like having a partner that you're like, Drew, I really can't do this. I'm drowning in this motherhood thing. Or like Drew and I at the time, we consciously were like, we have to open our circle up. Like we need more help. We cannot do this anymore. I'm going crazy. (laughs) So it's just that idea of mom rage. I totally understand why it's shameful because I went through it. But therapists, everyone says it's you screaming for help. Like that's what you actually need. So we hope that you guys know that A, you're not alone, but B, that you could get the help you need Because now I feel so much better. And this is me reflecting back, and it still brings up so much emotion because it's a really hard time. And that's where shame can be around really hard things. I've shared on the podcast before when Abby and I were developing this episode, we were talking about the things that we've felt shame around. You know, I used to be so bad with money. It was shame. It was like, I am defective with money. Like I am so bad with money. I thought it was like a personality defect. Mm -hmm. And you look back and you're like, okay, you did not have the right resources. You did not have the right education. You had to get out of that too. And I needed information. I needed help. And at the time I was secretive about that too, because you feel so shameful about it and you feel like you're the only one that can't figure out this thing that you need to figure out to be a human. But that's where shame gets really complicated cuz if I wasn't willing to start talking to like I met Drew, Drew and I talked about money, we knew we wanted to get married. We knew we wanted that to be a very like healthy, steady part of our relationship. I didn't cannonball in and tell Drew like all my money issues yeah, right yeah, away. Yeah. You know, I have friends to this day that had secret credit card debt and I'm talking thousands and thousands of dollars that their partner still doesn't know about because that's what shame does. You tell yourself, I am alone. It's like, there's no way out of this. I have to keep the secret because even if someone loves me so much, they want to marry me, they're going to judge me for this. And so over the years I have told Drew, more and more details about that time in my life when I was living paycheck to paycheck and really not being good with money, because I think some of you are probably there right now and you're not hearing people open up and talk about it. So you think that you're alone and that's just never true.
0: And with the debt thing, especially, but with a lot of the things we're talking about, it's like, this is my problem so I'm going to find the solution on my own. This is yeah. my issue. So this credit card is going to be my secret and I'm going to figure this out. Well, with all of these problems, it's not just a magic switch that all of a sudden, okay, I can be out of debt. I can bring in the money and get out of debt. No, there's a lot more. And Amy brought up perfect things, education, understanding, learning how to do this. And sometimes doing that with a partner, Drew is incredible with money. He grew up in
1: a family that they like understood the dollars. They taught him it. Not even though like he just literally got so invested in it right when he was done with college. Yeah. And like he's really self-taught, but he was just so disciplined. But like Drew also has his own issues. Like that's the thing. It's like you judge yourself so hard for whatever issue you have. But then if you had a spouse or you had a friend that was going through something, You wouldn't bring the same judgment toward them. And I remember one time when we were at church, our church covers the topic about money. Mm -hmm. And they're like, you should have people in your life that you talk about money with. You should have people in your life that you talk about marriage struggles with, parenting struggles, because these things can't live in secrecy. Like That's when it gets worse when it's in secrecy. So I was like, that was really interesting because I feel like we were raised in the generation of like, oh, nope, you don't talk about money. You don't talk about sex. You don't talk about the fights you had with your husband type of thing. So when we were out on a date with Colin and Abby the other night, we all of a sudden like at the wine bar, we're not drinking too much. That wasn't why it came up, but like just a bunch of deep almost secretive things started coming out of each one of us. And it's like, that's the relationship we've now built, is that we have friends that we could talk about things that are way, way beyond the surface level. And I think that everyone needs, every couple, I would even say, needs another couple that they could be like, hey, we're having a really hard time with this, whatever it is. And you feel like you could really be yourself. You could confide you know, get advice if they have it or figure it out together with other people. And I
0: remember that night, Amy, like Drew started talking. And then a few of us were in tears, like a little bit of yeah. tears. And then Colin opened up. So like it took Drew saying something for Colin to be like, me too, man. Like, this yeah. is what I'm going through. And then each of us were like, okay, well, is our weather on the subject? I mean, yeah, the weather's nice. Great band. Okay, what else can we talk about? Just, yeah, here, it was am, just... here are my childhood scars. <laughs> it was just refreshing. Like, overall, yeah. was it a hard discussion? Yes. And it was refreshing. And being able to have those friendships, that's what's going to take away this guilt, this shame, these things, these issues that are inside of us that we think are issues that we are the only ones that we're dealing with. Okay, we want to take a quick break from our podcast sponsor, which is BetterHelp Online Therapy. They have been our longest standing partner. And it's interesting because people don't always realize that physical symptoms like headaches, like grinding your teeth, even digestive issues, these can all be indicators of stress and stress building up. Maybe it's from guilt, maybe it's from shame, maybe it's from all of these really negative feelings just weighing on you for too long. Maybe you have actions like doom scrolling, sleeping too little, sleeping too much, maybe under eating or overeating. And this is all falling into that bucket of stress, shame, and guilt. And what we know is that stress shows up in all kinds of ways. And in a world that's telling you to do more, sleep less, grind all the time, this is your reminder to take care of yourself, do less, and maybe try some therapy. So BetterHelp, it's customized therapy. It allows for video, phone, and live chat sessions so that you can really meet with your therapist in the way that works best for you. And because they sponsor the podcast, you can get 10% off your first month by going to betterhelp.com slash herself. Again, that's betterhelp, dot com slash herself.
1: In this episode, it was like we knew we wanted to cover mom guilt, mom shame in a different way. And that's why we even brought the money topic into it, because this can exist in so many different places in your life and getting a hold and understanding guilt versus shame, and why it's important to talk about things that are hard or that you might feel shame around, it's really important. And so here's the part where I want to remind all of you that there are so many ways to be a good mom. So I know that my kids, they're so well-loved, they're well-cared for, they are safe, they are respected. We light up when we see them in the morning for the first time or when we pick them up from daycare. We believe in treating each one of them as individuals. So in our episode with Kate Borsato, she said that you have to decide what's a good mother and those should be your standards. The things that I just listed are really important to me and things that I really focus on and I know make me a good mother. So if I raise my voice once in a while or I make some other pretty mild mistakes I don't think I'm a bad mom. I think that I'm a human that is not going to get this mothering thing right 100% of the time. And in the chapter that we're talking about, Brene mentions Kristen Neff, who was on episode 97 of this podcast. She is the absolute queen of self-compassion. And if you haven't listened to that one, I would highly recommend you go back and do so. Brene talked about the importance of self-compassion and why we have to be able to understand it when we tackle this subject.
0: Yeah, and the fact that self-compassion, it involves knowing that there's that common humanity. And we've been talking about the common humanity throughout this, but how Brene specifically states it is that the suffering and personal inadequacy, it's part of the shared human experience. So something that we all go through rather than something that happens to me alone. And throughout this episode, we've been talking about you know the guilt and the shame and how these all go together. <sighs> but understanding this and believing it, it's crucial for like, forgiving yourself at your core. And if you're having a hard time like wrapping your brain around like, okay, like, what should I do first? What should I remember? I like numbers. I like having things be easy. So I would love if you guys could remember these three things. So if you are dealing with shame the three pieces of shame are number one, we all have it. And in fact, the only people who don't have shame, they're the ones who lack that capacity for human emotion or human connection. So hearing that part of it, it made me feel a lot better mm-hmm. because I'm like, hey, we, all, yeah. we all have this. It's actually a good thing because it means that we have this human connection piece of us. So number one is that we all have it. Number two is that we're afraid to talk about it, which is why we're bringing it up on this podcast and why we continue to talk about it. Not only on this podcast, but on our Instagram accounts and also just in in conversations that Amy and I have together and with many of you. And then number three, shame hates being spoken. So just knowing that it loses its power when we are actually able to speak it out loud. I wish I had those three pieces when feeling shame in my past, especially as it relates to binge eating and then with struggling to get pregnant. So I'll go into all the details on shame with binge eating in an episode that we have coming up next month. But for today, I want to focus in on that year before Lucy was born of really trying to conceive. And when I was reading this chapter, it was when I finally realized that it was in fact shame that I was feeling during this time. I remember not telling anyone that we were trying to get pregnant for months. And when it wasn't working, Month after month after month, I was so frustrated. I remember thinking, like, what's wrong with me? What's wrong with my body? What's wrong with Colin and I as a couple? Like, what does this mean? Does this mean that we aren't meant to be parents? Is this a greater meaning here? And then the outside world, they started chiming in with their questions, you know, are you going to have kids soon? Like, when are my grandbabies coming? Oh, Abby, you're not drinking. Oh my gosh, are you pregnant? And first of all, Anybody who has struggled to get pregnant knows that those comments are not helpful. And I also remember that in trying to protect myself during that time, I would tell people like I would just shove it off and be like, oh, you know, like if it happens, it happens. We're not trying, but we're not preventing. When playing it cool on the outside, even though on the inside I was screaming, I was like, this is all I want. Like all I want is that positive pregnancy test. All I want is to be a mom. The silence, the secrecy, the self-judgment. Those were all adding to the fire. And inside, I felt so much shame. And I wanted to bring this piece up because I know there are other members of this community that have gone through these struggles, have had these feelings. Maybe you're in them right now. It's really hard when you're becoming a first-time parent. And it's also very hard if you're struggling with secondary infertility. Our guest, Jacqueline Brennan, she was on episode 30. She discusses this in detail about just how hard it was when you have a child and you're trying to get pregnant for the second or third time. But that staying silent, keeping the secret and the self-judgment, that only adds to the shame. But as Amy pointed out earlier, the empathy, like having empathy for yourself, that can be the catalyst for helping that shame disappear. So just know that you're not alone in these struggles. The shame, it's part of the human experience. And Amy and I, we really want to bring it to the light so that this community can start growing together.
1: Yeah, I mean, when I started crying earlier in the episode, it was truly that I was having an empathetic response to my past Mm -hmm. self. Because at the time when you're going through it, it's so hard to give yourself empathy for whatever reason, like you're just feeling so shameful. But then when I look back, I'm like, wow, that was so hard. And then I was being hard on myself. And that doesn't really help. Like That doesn't help the situation. So if I could have given myself empathy earlier, that would have been very helpful. So I hope that you guys can learn from us and maybe give yourself that empathy that you really need much earlier than we have in the past. We're going to take a quick break to share with you guys a sound clip from our other podcast, Pursuing Her Purpose. It might be a voice you recognize. Past guest Kate Borsado came onto that podcast to talk about being a working mom and motherhood and what that looks like. So here is a clip.
0: We cannot give your whole life to serve, serve, serve. I mean, you can, but you're not going to feel well. You're not going to feel like yourself or balanced or very much joy. So this is the other major theme is like, at what point can this start to come back to you? Where can you find little pockets for you? Where can you reconnect with joy and your spark again? So that you feel like you're living a full life, not just a life to serve everybody else.
1: So find Pursuing Her Purpose wherever you listen to podcasts and give it a follow. So we wanted to end this
0: episode with talking about how perfectionism and shame go together. And I have felt perfectionism and shame in so many parts of my life. It's something that I still deal with from time to time. It's something that I notice, it's something that I'm aware of, and it's something that I still feel so often. And there's this thing called life paralysis. And we can think of it as the opportunities that we miss because we're too afraid to put anything into the world that isn't perfect. So if you're somebody who identifies as a perfectionist, if you have ever not put something into the world because you're like, I can make it better, I can change this, I can do more, I can, I can, I can, I can, this part is for you. It means that the dreams are missed because we were too afraid that we were going to fail. It refers to the experiences that we didn't go on because mm, maybe we could do it better. It's fearing making mistakes or disappointing others so you end up just staying put. It's trying to please others instead of internally striving and doing something for yourself. And we talk about this on our other podcast, Pursuing Her Purpose, quite a bit. It's this feeling of staying stuck, and this is usually internally driven. You are the reason that you're keeping yourself there, and this feeds right into shame. And I'm telling you from personal experience, where you can let go of perfectionism, you can let go of these parts of shame. So when I think about my own life, and I when I think about the DMs that come in, the emails that come in, the conversations that I have with friends, with many of you, it could look like the shame that we feel around eating. So we have this perfect diet that we have in mind, and then we feel shame for overeating that one time. Or maybe we want to maintain the absolute perfect schedule. We have everything in line, and then all of a sudden feeling shame for not giving yourself the space for self-care, even though you know that you need it. Maybe it's wanting to never yell at your kids and then feeling shame that first time that you raise your voice even a little. Like That's where the perfectionism and the shame can really just be this fuel on the fire of going back and forth of this breeding ground for these negative, negative feelings.
1: Here's a quote from the book about perfectionism. Perfectionism is not striving to be our best or working towards excellence. Healthy striving is internally driven. Perfectionism is externally driven by a simple but potentially all-consuming question. What will people think of me?
0: Oh, and when you say that out loud, like I know there's perfectionists, Amy, in the audience right now. They're like, oh, that's where it comes from. Like there it is right there. And it can stop us from doing so many things.
1: I just think it just makes you guys so hard on yourself. Like when we talk about motherhood, I'm like, Abby, you're so hard on yourself. And my therapist, I've told you guys before, Kristen was like, okay, Amy, and I'm not a perfectionist. We all know that. I'm like very, very much not so. But she was like, you're trying to strive to literally never yell at your children. Mm -hmm. And what if I told you, That is just, it's not possible. It's not possible to be a perfect mother. So, why is that your measuring stick? And as obvious as that seems, it was this really big turning point in my motherhood where I was like, oh my gosh, why am I being so, so hard on myself? And for me, I've said this before, but I really think it is what I was soaking in from Instagram and all the mothering accounts that I follow that make like yelling sound like the devil's work. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And it's like I was shaming myself so hard because I should have had a perfect script for when all of my children were being completely chaotic. And I was supposed to stay calm. Yeah, those things are true, but no one's going to get it perfect. And I feel like the message we're almost getting right now is that it's possible to be perfect. And I just don't think it is. It's not. (laughs) So I had to get back to understanding like, okay, I need the things that I need. You know, like I always talk about, I need time for myself. I just know that that's true. I need breaks from my children, breaks from my family, And then I'm able to be a better version of myself. And when I don't have those things is when I really feel out of alignment. So if I'm ever feeling like, wow, this really isn't who I am. And I wanted to bring to the conversation too, like I've had these seasons with Drew where I'm like, I had no patience for Drew. I think I was pregnant with Cole. I had not one ounce of patience I could muster for Drew. And that was really out of alignment for me because that's not how I am to him. We had a whole episode, it was like called yellow flags or something mm -hmm. about it. And like, now I've just realized, like, I need to actually take those seriously and figure out like what change needs to be made. Because when you're out of alignment, it's like, that's when you feel so bad. Rather, like, hopefully we can all move into where we can recognize some guilt, but we can say, I'm a really good partner. And I wish that I hadn't lost my patience tonight worth it being like, wow, I've had no patience for Drew for like two months.
0: <laughs> I'm a bad partner because I've had no patience yeah. for Drew. It's like, no,
1: yeah, there's the power of
0: Andy. A bad partner mm-hmm. is shame talking. And it's simply not true. And we're going to have the guys on soon here. And you can hear the other side of all these pieces of it. Colin and I were in that stretch. You, you bring up Cole. Colin and I were in that stretch just a couple of weeks ago, where it was like the no patience, the zero time, like not enough space for each other. And yeah, I can feel shameful. You can feel like you're the only ones in it. Luckily, we have these conversations often. So we just know that, okay, these things happen. You can be impatient and you still love your partner at the end of
1: the day. (laughs) Yeah. At the end of the day, everything is a season. So my mom rage was a season. My impatience with Drew was a season. These were hard times in my life. Now looking back, like to be empathetic, we're all going to go through really hard times and maybe this episode speaking to you loudly because you're in one of those. And I know someday I'll be back in a hard Mm -hmm. season. Like that's just, that's what life is.
0: So today, Amy and I really wanted to meet you exactly where you're at. And if you are in one of these hard stretches, I just encourage you to focus in on one thing. Like there can be so many pieces of this of like, I want to be a better partner, I want to be a better employee, I want to be a better mother. I want to be a better, you know fill in all the blanks. But if you can focus in on one thing and just giving yourself the empathy and hoping to get out of that piece of the shame, that's where we can start crawling out of these really, really dark places. And so if any piece of this resonated with you, if you're nodding your head saying, yes, this is what I need to talk about. This is how I feel. We would be honored if you shared this with a friend or shared this on your Instagram story. This is the way that we can really start to combat this secrecy that shame lives in and to start opening up about these topics that we know all women are facing. Thank you, friends.